Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. So are these your notes? These, <laughs> are these your notes about what we're going to say? What does I it say? it would be a good... <laughs> I didn't even get to idea. Okay. Maybe I can just ask you the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> going well it's going really well (laughs) hello and welcome back to the right and wrong podcast i'm jamie and hosting with me once again is the wonderful naomi gibson Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for having me back for a third one. Um, I am really excited for this interview. Uh, I'm so pleased to introduce the author of the stunning, best-selling novel, V-Set. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Serena Dallin. Welcome to the show, Serena. Oh, thank you so much, Naomi. I am so happy to be here. It's awesome to have you. Um, just to give the listeners a little bit of background, um, Serena and I met actually on Facebook beta reading group <laughs> about three or four years ago now. Um, and I had the great pleasure of reading uh, Reset when it was in its infancy. Um, mm. But yeah, let's talk about Reset. So um, what, what's, your, what's your elevator pitch for the novel to start off with? Well, it is a love story set in a speculative world. um, And in this world, memories are erased every four years in the name of peace, because memories are thought of um, by the planner who created this world as the seed of prejudice and hatred and um, what caused war. And the last war was what um, led to the destruction of the old world. And that's how kind of the four cities, which is this world that the characters live in, their number one goal is to keep peace. And because of that, um, you know, our characters don't get to maintain any of their old memories every four years. And so in this case, they they kind of have to try to find each other again. Mm-hmm. Um using you know dreams and um anything else that kind of are are left over from their previous lives like just you know little bits and pieces of of, of just feelings that you get yeah it's such a cool concept it's so cool <laughs> it's so hooky the idea that your memory gets erased every four years um yeah i i remember so when i first read it when it wasn't even published I remember being absolutely blown away by it not even just like the hook is so hooky but also this the writing was just so beautiful and then um you know to read it again when it was published it's just like ah it's just an amazing book (laughs) you had yeah (laughs) thank you your feedback helped me so much you were like my first beta reader so all of your feedback kind of went into um how I re-looked at you know the 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 book this was the first novel I ever finished and so it was you know I I just kind of it was fueled purely by love (laughs) and and I was kind of learning um along the way um about how to you know do plots and 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 
just trying to understand what the elements of, of a book, because it's, it's not really just about, you know, the words themselves, but kind of you have to be able to carry the readers along with you and they have to, mm. you know, feel as if they are immersed in a story and feel invested in the characters. Yeah. yeah. I can't help but notice you said this is the first novel you'd finished. Mm-hmm. So how many novels did you not finish? Oh my God, to so many. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to be a writer, but I was never very good at it. So, <laughs> but I kept writing and, and, you know, it was, it was every year I would try to write a book and, um, and they were all about, each one was about like two people just trying to, to find each other. And mm-hmm. so it, it, was, it almost felt, felt like I was writing the same story over and over and over again, even though the plot was different, the characters were different and the settings were different. And, and so, uh, but yeah, no, they, they never, it's, it's really difficult to finish a book, I have to say. And I think um, writing itself and finishing they're two different things. Mm-hmm. So I've had to also kind of, you know, find within myself that capability to stick to it and just finish no matter what. And that was, that was the one big lesson that I learned. And that's, that's how reset came along. It's just, I just kind of, you know, I went, I have to do this. I have to finish it no matter what. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's, I think that's where so many sort of aspiring novelists do fall down. Is it, is it, finish there's it, the you're right and you say there's a difference between writing a book and fin- like finishing mm-hmm. a book mm-hmm. and uh i'm i'm stuck in the middle of a of a something i'm a, a book i'm working on right now and i don't know if it's going anywhere but there's i've said to myself i have to finish it like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter uh whether i if i do something with it or not i have to finish it and it's such mm-hmm. a huge uh impactful moment just finishing something and then putting it to bed almost if you or or going back to editing and things like that exactly because it's like at the end of the day if you don't have a finished story no one can help you make it better (laughs) that's so true yeah yeah Yeah. and for for me it's closure as well like yeah you know it's finished and you can put it to bed is Mm -hmm. it that quote though um you can't edit a blank page you know that's so true (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite writing quotes but you have to you have to finish and i think um it's I, I'm still blown away that this is like your first full novel okay fine you've written other things but this is the this is your first story and you know you've knocked it out of the park <laughs> it's like a best-selling <laughs> novel and it's like got this great publisher this awesome cover and and yeah um so- I've just been so lucky with it I I, I- I, I keep saying that and, and some of my friends who don't believe in luck, you know, get mad at me when I say that I think I'm so lucky and they're like, no, it's because you work really hard. I'm like, that's a given. I have to work really, every writer has to work really hard in order to finish a book. But yeah, like everything just kind of kept happening for me. And, um, and for that, I'm so grateful. That's, that's good advice as well. It's mm-hmm. not easy getting published. And it's a given that everyone has worked very hard on their book. Yeah. And some books are just amazing and timing or the market or whatever, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason that's out of their control, the book just doesn't get seen by a lot of people. And, And that's the one thing that I had to kind of realize, you know, it's like, I can only do my best. And everything else is not up to me. It's not up yeah. to me which publisher, if a publisher picks it up. Um, it's not up to me who my team is going to be. Perhaps some, you know, parts of it. I, I mean, I was able to kind of pick and choose um, the the editor 
in somewhat, you know, I, I, I was assigned. Wait, you got to pick your editor? No, I was assigned an editor and I was. <laughs> no, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was assigned an editor and I was asked whether or not I'm good with her. And, uh-huh. um, I didn't know that, you know, like, I, I mean, it's like, I, I, as soon as I was given her name, I, I looked up what she did and I was just like, she's it. <laughs> so, you know, and I was so glad that I was assigned her because, um, she was amazing. She definitely elevated my book to the next level. And, and I, what my book was one of the last ones she actually worked on because uh, a couple of months after we wrapped up my book, she passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. And so wow. for that, I, will always be grateful that I had a chance to work with her. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I noticed yeah. that you dedicated um your book to her as I well did. as you thought it was like I did. Well it it was because like I I had wrapped up my book with her and I was kind of in the middle of doing my um my cover with the design team and and I was like, you know, I I, I sent, you know, the different versions to her and I was like, what do you think? What do you think? Mm-hmm. And she loved it and and so I was kind of wrapping up that as well. And when the news came that she had passed away and, and sometimes, you know, like you're, you, you don't really exactly know how you're going to react to something, but I kind of just crumbled when, when I heard the news. And I think it was just the fact that the timing of everything mm-hmm. and how, when you work with an editor, you kind of let that person in yeah. um, to, to your brain and your head and they stay there. Um, and because of that, I I just kind of, and it was taken me by surprise because we had worked with each other for maybe two, three months and, and it took me by surprise how affected I was. And, and I couldn't think of like the idea just came to me was like, I had to dedicate, I had to add her to my dedication because I just, the idea of her never like not ever going to see a book that she helped make better it just mm-hmm. kind of broke my heart and I was like I, I I had to do something about it and it was the one thought that kind of came and I just never looked back yeah well that's lovely um I I have a question about the editorial process that you went through actually because mm-hmm. um having read the manuscript um you know when it was a manuscript and then read it again as a published book um I was blown away by it both times, <laughs> but I didn't think that there was like any major changes to the plot. Um, yeah. So I was wondering like what kind of things that um, you went through in editorial. Well, when um, Peggy was assigned to me, we had a call and she was in Scotland at the time and I was here and we were in the middle of um, the pandemic and mm. we had the first call and she was just like, I read your book in a day and a half and I'm not supposed to do that because I'm supposed to (laughs) (laughs) like read, you know, like thoroughly and, 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 and pick it apart. But, um, I couldn't put it down. And because of that, I don't think the editing is going to be much. And she she didn't, she didn't want to change it too much except for making sure that, you know, like certain, um, the pace was tightened. Mm-hmm. more and um she had questions she was like the 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 style her style of editing was more she asked me a lot of questions she gave me like a kind of like a letter of of her thoughts on it and um and some questions and one of the questions that she asked me was about time mm-hmm. um and that was what i think the biggest impact that um she made on my book was how i looked at time and how um because of the memory erasure 
time doesn't matter as much to um, mm. like the, the idea of time is more conceptualized because you can be in 2020 or 20, you know, like 10 or 2400. But if your life is pretty much the same, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. and yeah, and it's really it, interesting. Yeah, it is. And I think like um we can kind of experience that during COVID where mm. the hours both dragged and flew by <laughs> because yes. you're kind of isolated and you look outside and and you kind of feel almost detached from your own life and the world. And and so we kind of looked at time and and how that didn't quite matter to the the characters, the the closer the end came, you know, like at first they were kind of tracking it and understanding that time was running out, but it was mm. the AI actually who was always the one to kind of remind them of the changing of time. But towards the end, and there was like a question that, you know, the main character asked, um, you know, about like how long has the world been like the four cities been around and um, one, another character who's the crone um, who's been there from the beginning said that it, it's the least important question that you could have asked because it really doesn't matter. And towards the end <laughs> of the book, she stopped asking. It didn't matter anymore. <laughs> so so how, was that concept almost entirely missing before you had that call? Well, I always wanted to track the changing of time with weather. Okay. And um, so so I did that, you know, as, as because they live in this world that the weather was always planned. Everything was planned and, right. and the changing of weather was almost perfect. You know, there was, it was almost time to the T, um, the, the changing, you know, the color of the leaves and, and the kind of the coolness of the air and all of that was timed. Um, so I wanted to, I was using that to track, but at the same time, I wasn't very deliberate in, you know, how the AI or the world itself was, was using time to track it. And I wasn't really deliberate in the conversation about time itself, which mm. I thought, you know, like I know it's so little, it, it may seem so little to others, but for me, it's kind of like a, a major moment when I realized that time really doesn't matter and it's all constructed just yeah. like everything else yeah well that sounds like a uh I'm, I'm very big into fantasy and sci-fi as well but world building generally mm. and that is something that i have experienced and, and my friends who are writers have experienced is when you do this sort of high level of world building it's sometimes hard to see things that matter or don't matter in that way so mm. you've obviously had you know a lot of thoughts gone into the way that the weather is all tied into time passing and the kind of loops that are created yeah and i actually went as far as tracking the waning and waxing of the moon yeah <laughs> which yeah. no one would ever and it ended up being like just a, a one little line you know yeah. but i wanted to make sure that it it tracks correctly and um and how that would affect the way the people travel you know, at night and all of that as they were kind of trying to escape this world. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's those details that really make a world come alive, whether or not you mention it, you know, like you, you don't need to mention it, but you knowing it as an author gives you that kind of confidence. And I think that really, that really brings worlds alive. Mm. 
Yeah, I just felt that it's one of those things that I I like in books. Um, and, and so I always wanted to kind of make sure that I was very deliberate in all of my decisions. And this book was, I was so deliberate. I rewrote it probably five, six times, like from end wow. to end, because again, it was, it was learning to write as I was going. And, but you know, it, it kind of, each, each time you rewrite, it gets a little better. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I, you can totally tell how measured the book is and how well-paced it is and just how much thought has gone into it. It's just like, it's so special. I'm just, it's amazing. Congratulations on your book. <laughs> <laughs> so Naomi, like, do you like the book? Just like gushing over your book. <laughs> you, you had a in it, so I'm, you know, I'm also very grateful. And, uh, and I had, you. yeah. I, 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 don't, I think it's more you than me, don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk a little bit about um, your concept and like where you got your original inspiration for the for the concept of this sort of four-year tabula rasa idea. It came about one night and before this I was writing like as I was saying I, I tried to write a book every year and I was in the middle of writing this book and I was almost done it was about like 70,000 words and and I was very frustrated with it because I just felt like there was no story. You know, I, I love the characters and I love the setting. And I'm I'm very much like a setting first person. And a lot of times, you know, like when you talk to other writers, there are characters first. I'm a setting first. Um mm. and um and I and, and and I realized that there's there's just it just wasn't working out. And so I I erased everything. And um after I erased it, there was this blank page and I was staring at the blank page and it was probably three in the morning and I was like, you know, tired. And, and then the idea of tabla rasa came because of the blank page. Mm-hmm. And then I just thought, you know, what would it be like if we can actually erase our own memories just as we do a document? What kind of world would that create and why? And I think the why was the most important thing because, um, why would we need to erase our memories, right? I mean, we see it from our perspective, from our cultural background. Our memories are, are everything. Um, but so so I looked at like, why why would memories be, be, be a bad thing? And I grew up in Thailand, um, though I'm not Buddhist. I was surrounded by Buddhism. And there's this idea of detachment, right? Like as a path to nirvana. And the idea is that if you try to detach yourself from um, your kind of base desire, you will become a little bit more um, happier. And maybe happy is not even the right word, but perhaps at peace. Mm. And, and if peace is the goal in a world that erases memories, um, then you know, it, it kind of just kind of came together because it is true. We are, um, as a species, very attached to love, to people we love, the places that we live and, um, you know, just kind of our own experiences. Cause it, it came, it kind of helped build us and, and we, we come to understand ourselves through our memories. And, um, but yeah, so I, I kind of was thinking about like that path towards Nirvana and, and this world. And my favorite song is Imagine. Um, and, John Lennon. Yeah, John Lennon. Yeah. And, um, and Yoko Ono, because she just got, after oh, yeah. I finished writing, she was given the, um, the credit 
as a writer of that song as well. So, um, yeah. And so kind of like, I was like, what if this is the kind of world that erased memories in the name of peace and they meant it? It's not just to control people, but they truly want a world that is in a sense, a utopia. And, um, and I was kind of intrigued by that idea because I've never read a, a good utopia book because things are always, you know, like dystopia are the, the, the kind of like the movies that we're exposed to and the books are exposed to about the future are always kind of bleak, you know, with this yeah. idea yeah, of true. people wanting to control another and wanting to hurt another. Um, but I was thinking like, you know, what if the control is necessary and what if the control is for the good of all? And, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I kind of built, you know, the, the four cities with the song Imagine as a, as an inspiration that's so that's so interesting to hear the the origin of mm. this quite high concept uh for, for this kind of world you've built that's um yeah the the buddhist element is something i'd not considered and that's so interesting when you mm. when you put it in that context yeah and, and kind of i was thinking of like you know every four years what if it is kind of like a rebirth um yeah. we don't remember there are people who believe that we are reborn but we yeah, don't remember, yeah, mm-hmm. reincarnation, but we don't remember mm-hmm. our old life. What if this is kind of like that, but instead of a whole lifetime, you have four years and mm-hmm. that's why they're okay with it. You know what I mean? And it's like, I get a lot of um, people like being um, really kind of upset with the idea of having to lose your memories. But I was like, well, this is a different kind of world, a different kind of culture. What if you don't know any better? And I think not knowing any better is what kind of allow them to be able to live this existence. Yeah. Well, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And now <laughs> if I could perhaps take you back four years, I don't know if it's four <laughs> years, I'm guessing. <laughs> back to when you first broke into the industry. What was, what was it like for you, the journey of, you know, you'd written, you'd written a book, you'd written, you had your manuscript. How was submitting to agents? What was that process like for you? So, um, I went, I actually used Twitter and, um, it was DV pit, which mm. is for oh, yeah. diverse authors, yeah. diverse stories. And I had pitched my book, um, back, I think it was, April of 2018, I had finished the book. I started in 2017, finished it at um, probably about January of 2018. I think Naomi and I um, kind of got together on February and I I edited it and finished it by April. And that was when I pitched my book. Um, during DV Pit, and there were I was so floored. There were like so many interests from from agents, and um, and if you know, like I, I highly recommend um, any authors with a finished manuscript to try this because what it does is that it gets your book almost like you know it 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 gets to the front line of that author of the agents um, yeah. 
interest list. And so instead of it going into this kind of, you know, slush pile, you can tell them like, well, you actually showed interest in my book and here's my pitch again. And here's the first 50 pages or whatever that is that they, they request of you. Different agents going to have different requirements. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I did. And I just sent, send them out to, um, all these agents and the one who, the, the one that, um, I decided to go with her name is Julie Gwynn. And um, she was the first who contacted me, the first to ask for a full and the first to offer. Um, and so I just kind of decided to go with her because we had a call after um, she offered. And, and I just kind of, I, I really like her style. She's just such a nice person and <laughs> I like working with nice people it does yeah. because I feel like it is kind of like a marriage you know um you have yeah, to first and so. foremost get along with the person they have to really really believe in your book and um mm -hmm. the decision proved to be a good one because um I got the offer from back Blackstone in was it July July or August, um, after, you know, like we started the submission process. So it's like, everything just kind of kept happening, you know? Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's the rest is history. <laughs> how did you um, find the submission process? To publishers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how long were you on sub book? Oh my goodness. Um, I was on sub for probably a good half a year because mm -hmm. when you send out your book, you don't hear back. No. <laughs> <laughs> it goes into this black, like, Hole. like black pits. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. you're kind of like, do people hate my book? Mm -hmm. Do I just like give this up altogether? And it's torturous. Oh my God. Yeah. Even the people who like your book, they're not going to finish it right away because they have probably a hundred manuscript that they had kind of already committed themselves to reading before yours came along. Mm -hmm. And so it was such a torturous process because you kind of, during that time of not hearing back, you really question yourself. You question everything. <laughs> you question whether or not you're a good, you know, writer. If, if people are just being nice to you, yeah. <laughs> I question yeah. that all the time. It's like, maybe they just ask me, for the full because they're just being nice to me <laughs> <laughs> and they really don't really want to read this you know yeah. so um it's a horrible process but how I got through it was I started another book and yeah I decided to put together a short story collection because I also wanted to learn the process of self-publishing and that book was what I you know, self-published through Amazon and, and Ingram Spark um, because I just could not stand the process. It was really hurting my confidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it made me question everything. And and that's when it's like every time another writer comes to me and said, like, how how should I deal with this? And I was just like, just keep writing. Mm -hmm. Write another book. And just because it's going to distract, you're going to need that distraction. That's Shadow Play, the collection of short stories, right? Yes, that's so Shadow you, Play. So you, you, you used that as a way to relieve mm -hmm. the stress of, of uh, waiting to hear back. Exactly. And I didn't want to write a whole novel because yeah. I knew that there is, um, there's a value in being a debut novelist mm -hmm. in the 
you know, in the traditional world. And I didn't want to ruin that chance. Yeah. Um, So I decided to do a short story collection. Um, However, the stories Uh. are interconnected in some way. So, um, you know, so it it is in a way kind of like uh, a way for me to relieve the tension, but also got me thinking about how interconnected short stories can actually tell a bigger story. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a lot of things with that book. I was trying to test myself and I was trying yeah. to teach myself and I was trying to kind of understand the marketing process for books, which is completely different than marketing for anything else. Um, <laughs> and it is, it's, it's such a different animal. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, again, it also served a purpose yeah. because I was able to understand what goes into the process of self-publishing and came to an understanding that it's not for me because I <laughs> cannot, I just yes. don't have, you know, like the, the, the ability uh, and <laughs> it's really hard. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think as a writer yeah. and as um, the style of writing that I do, I, I don't think it fits self publishing. I think it's, I don't think self publishing and traditional publishing can replace one another. Mm-hmm. I think they're for different things. Yeah. When I started writing the short story again, it was, you know, to, I didn't think that it was going to become a book, but once I had like probably the fifth short story, that was when I kind of decided that like that I I could make it into a book. And, um, yeah, I didn't go into it originally with like this huge plan. Um, and that's kind of how I, I approach life. I don't have a huge plan. I just kind of started and (laughs) then see opportunities and like, you know, like, Oh, I could probably try this or I could try that. And, and that's, that's how it's been. It's been kind of, you know, meandering path that looked almost intentional, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So what's what's next? What are you are you working on a follow up to reset? Yes. Um I it's actually a prequel and when oh. after I finished mm, writing cool. reset, um I I I had other ideas, you know, because I think it's really difficult to write a standalone book. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that a lot of times people you know, like right now series is all the rage, but I also, you know, I feel like the story between the characters in reset kind of finished because there's, there's no more. It's, it's, it's just going to be the same thing over and over again. I didn't want to write the same story over and over again, but I knew that the city itself and the idea of it, there's, there's still more, more stories to be told. And so um, I knew that there was going to be other stories and I knew that there was going to be a prequel, which is how the cities, how the how the four cities came to be, and the idea behind it, and the people who put it together, um, what went into it, and so that's what I've been working on. Um, I this actually I started this after I published um, Shadow Play, and so it's been three years in the making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. a really difficult story to write, and I it's, had it's finished... only right that you spend four years writing it. I think. Yeah, it's right. I <laughs> think brand. that's what's going to happen. Exactly. Um, I did finish two other books. Um, one um, is on submission, or it's been on submission since the beginning oh. of COVID, oh, and okay. another one is a YA fantasy, which I wrote for my children because they can't mm. read reset um <laughs> and so they're like why why can't we read any of your stories and so i, I decided to That's write awesome, that one yeah. 
Yeah. So that one needs to be edited. Um, but after I, you know, after I began the the publication process for Reset, I felt that I really need to finish this book. And mm-hmm. so I've been working on it and it's almost done, but again, it's, it's so complicated and, yeah. and, um, <laughs> it kicked my butt and I, mm-hmm. but again, that's, that's the one thing I'm, I, I, I'm not letting myself stop. So mm-hmm. I, I have to finish it. I know I have to finish it. So it's almost done. It's, um, and I'm really excited about it. It's a different type of story, but it still fits the, type of storyteller that I am, which is, you know, trying to tell a very small, um, kind of intimate story within a bigger world. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. That's very, awesome. very exciting. And, mm, and before we move on to the final, sometimes dreaded, sometimes loved question, uh, <laughs> if you had, if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice at the beginning of this whole writing journey when you first picked up a pen, what advice would you give your younger self? Hmm. I think to not stop would Hmm. be, I would not tell my younger self the things that I know now, because if I do, (laughs) I would not have written. Yeah. Because, and I don't know if you agree, Naomi, but like, I feel like, the publishing world is such that it makes it really, really difficult to want to be a writer. Mm. And I think it's important. The most important thing is to protect your creativity and is to protect your space and to protect yourself as a writer. Mm -hmm. And when you understand the details of what actually goes into making a book sellable, you're not going to want to write. Because then you're looking at it as like a product. And I think that's when, and I think it's, I mean, I shouldn't say that it's, there's, there's definitely a certain writers are definitely capable of doing that. And they're, they're great with it. Um, meaning like, you know, writing to, to the market and all of that, but I'm not, and I don't want to be. And I think for me, because I came into writing for the pure love of, of, of the story. Um, I don't, I don't actually think about making money off of it. And I think when, and I wouldn't want my younger self to think that way either, because I think ultimately for me, it's about the words. It's about the writing. It's, it's not Mm -hmm. about trying to make it whatever make it means, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I think, and, and that that expectation, I think, is what also stops a lot of writers because they feel like they need to make it in order to be a writer. And I think, to me, the success of being a writer is that you get to write every day. And that's good enough for me. Yes. I like that. Protect your creativity. Yeah. Protect, protect your, yeah, protect your creativity, protect yourself as a writer because there's so much out there wanting to make you to stop remember why you're writing in the first yeah, place exactly. exactly you write to tell a story and yeah. you have to protect it <laughs> for sure so i get to ask um a very exciting question that i love asking because i'm dead nosy uh, <laughs> but not everyone likes answering it but um, let's see so um if you were trapped on a desert island what book would you want to have with you 
keep you company. <laughs> I would be 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Oh. I am in love with oh, his writing. Okay. Um, I... I just love the style. Um, and I, I grew up reading um, Asian writers. And I mm-hmm. find that his style of writing also reflect that that world where, um, I mean, they call his style of writing magical realism. Yeah. But to me, if you grow up somewhere where magic and reality blend um, together, like just as I did in Thailand, where, mm. you know, the talk of ghosts and the talk of magic and the talk of um, spiritualism is in the same breath as logic and science and reasons. Um, you wouldn't think of it as magical realism. You think of it as realism. <laughs> <laughs> and I just found that there's, I just love his style. I love the meandering. Um, I love how atmospheric his writing is and you can almost mm. kind of cut the air um, that he painted it with his word, um, inside his book. So for that, that's, that's what I'm going to bring. And I love the title, how it's, you know, 100 <laughs> years of solitude with me yeah. being. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. Makes perfect sense. Well, thank you so much, Serena, yeah, for coming you. on the show. Thanks for yeah. chatting with us and sharing all of your experience, uh, uh, with us. For anyone who wants to keep up with, uh, Serena, you can follow her on Twitter at Serena Darlin or on Instagram at Serena.Darlin. Don't forget the dot for Instagram. <laughs> she has a website, www.serenadarlin.com. You can follow Naomi on Instagram and Twitter at Naomi G Writes. And you can follow this podcast on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK and on Instagram at Right and Wrong Podcast. Thank you so much for hosting again, Naomi. And thank you, Serena, for joining yeah, us. Thank you. Awesome. thank you so much to you both for having me. This has been such an interesting chat and, and I always love talking to writers. Um, no one else understands you the way another. <laughs> <laughs>